This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, the majority of wild species, well, flowers, beetles, butterflies, all these, they're in decline. And we can help reverse this trend and even perhaps help numbers increase, but only if we have the right data to tell us things like what is declining, where it's holding strong and whether measures that we've taken are helping. Now, one such important record is the Hertfordshire and Middlesex Butterfly Conservation Butterfly Report, and the report for 2021 is just out. Andrew Wood, the records collator and author of Butterflies of Hertfordshire and Middlesex, joined me to talk about this detail-packed report, and I started by observing that this report obviously took an immense amount of work. So why exactly is it created? The purpose behind the report is to enable all the people who have made uh, records and sent records in to have some feedback on what they've done and for them to be able to see an overall picture. Um, The report also goes to a wide variety of organisations, apart from members of Butterfly Conservation and other people who buy buy them, um, local government, uh, conservation bodies and so on, because it all helps to inform them about what the current state of butterflies is. And obviously butterflies are an important indicator group of uh, species uh, as to the general health of the environment. So, Andrew, who makes the observations that make up these butterfly records? I noticed that there's an impressive 3,477 recorders submitting 57,534 records. Who are these people? Right. Well, they're just ordinary people on the whole. I mean, a lot of them participate through various citizen science uh, projects like the uh, Big Butterfly Count during late July and August. Uh, run by Butterfly Conservation, who are our parent organisation. There are people who walk things called transects, which are much more concentrated, um, much more detailed surveys of particular areas over a whole, over 26 weeks through the middle of the year. There are people who just see a butterfly flying down the street and send that information into our website, or sometimes just to me, usually um, electronically these days, but occasionally just scribble down on a bit of paper. So anyone can be a butterfly recorder. You don't need a, a degree or a scientific qualification. You just need to be able to identify the butterflies and be interested enough to make a note of what you've seen and send it to me. Ah, oh, so that's interesting. So when we take part in things like the big butterfly count, actually we're contributing towards this important piece of citizen science. Well, that's good to know. So once those observations have been made and they've been sent to you, what then happens to them? Well, the data, most, most of the data, as I mentioned earlier, comes in um, electronically now. So sometimes it's just an email or a spreadsheet that someone sends me of their observations. But a lot of people now use uh, phone applications as I record, I record butterflies and I naturalist. And all of those feed through into a database, which I, as um, the recorder, as a verifier for the records for Hertfordshire, can then see and I go through that pretty well daily during the season 
um, and I can look at the records, you know, check that they look okay. Often people attach photographs to them and uh, obviously that helps. Uh, otherwise you just have to go, that looks probable. And so that gives us uh, all those records and obviously the, yeah, the various citizen science projects as well that I mentioned, there are one, there are one or two others as well. Um, and that all accumulates uh, to those impressive figures. And I mean, those figures which are in the report, they've uh, increased a, a little bit, probably another five, five or six percent since the report was published, because not everyone is that fast at sending their records in. So it grows and grows. Wow. So you deal with all of those records. That sounds like quite a commitment from you. You must spend a lot of time doing this. That's right. Yes. Um, I mean, I do a lot of recording myself out in the field as well. But um, it's it's very difficult to quantify it because it tends to be something that you just do because you enjoy doing it. I mean, I'm a bit of a statistics nerd. I love spreadsheets. I love information. And so, yeah, I don't find it a burden to do it. Um, I'm retired now, though I was doing it before I retired as well. Uh, So so it, it just fits into the daily pattern of life. So at certain times of the year, it's obviously quite a lot, especially compiling the report coming up towards Christmas and the new year. Other times um, it's fairly quiet, you know, in the late autumn and early spring when there isn't much around to be seen. So, Andrew, where did your interest in butterflies begin? Um, It was really with my mother. Um, So we're going back to childhood, as I think it is for quite a lot of people. She was very interested generally in natural history and got me interested in natural history and as is the case you go through, you get into your teens and your 20s you have go to university you get interested in other things you have a family and then as the family grows up you try and introduce them to butterflies and you get more and more interested in it i joined butterfly conservation and started walking transects and uh, eventually became the official butterfly recorder for hertfordshire and uh, it just goes on and on obviously in retirement you tend to have more time to devote to these things so that, that, that's, that's how it's all come together. Well, it sounds like very valuable and stimulating work that you do there. So returning to this report, is it an annual event? That's right, yes. The first one was published in 1996, compiled by my predecessor, uh, Dr John Murray, and I became involved in about 2000 as a joint author. And then from about 2003, I think it was, I took over as the, uh, the sole author. Okay, so looking at this report, how are butterflies in Hertfordshire doing generally, would you say? In general, they're not doing perhaps as badly as we might think. Now, the problem is that there are a number of ways of looking at whether butterflies are doing well or not. It's never as simple as that. Um, So we use two main counts, which is called abundance and distribution. So distribution is how, how widely are they seen, how many places are they seen, and abundance is how many are seen there. And we have different ways of, of, of measuring that depending on the figure. And for a lot of butterflies, what we see is distribution is pretty constant or is increasing. Now that may be because there are more people recording, of course, so there's recorder effort, obviously people see more. But the abundance in any particular year is a, is a trend the other way. So there are more widespread, but there are fewer of them at any particular point. That, yeah, that's a generality. There are species that buck that trend. Um, there are a few species that are doing particularly well. There are a few species that are definitely a cause for concern. And there's also, because of the way, I mean, last year we had a really terrible spring. It was, yeah, one of the worst springs we've had for a long time. And that affected butterflies badly. 
the year before during the first COVID lockdown, obviously the spring was absolutely superb. Um, so the weather of the previous year can affect the current year, but the, the, the current year could also affect how butterflies are doing. So you've got to try and separate out short term weather effects from longer term effects. So um, it, it's not always simple or straightforward. Indeed, I imagine it isn't. So if we look at the specifics, are there any butterflies that are particularly important in Hertfordshire and how are they doing? Right. Well, I think one of the specific species which has disappeared from Hertfordshire um, for about over 20 years was the Duke of Burgundy, which was actually seen for the first time in that period of time. Uh, just a few sightings over at Albury Noah's right over in the far northwest of Hertfordshire. So it's good to know that that may be making a comeback into the county because it's actually nationally a very rare butterfly. Andrew, could you just tell us what the Duke of Burgundy butterfly looks like? Yes, it's fairly small and it has pale brownie orange wings with black lines of kind of tessellations across it. Um, spends The male spends a lot of time sitting around looking for females um, during the spring, during May, early June time. Um, they're not, they're, they don't spread very quickly. They're not terribly active butterflies. But it's, it's great that after a long period of time, especially in a poor spring, that have actually been seen again. In terms of other important butterflies in Hertfordshire, I mean, Hertfordshire, if I can just digress slightly, in 2005, I think it was, Butterfly Conservation put out a press release of it, which butterfly species have been lost in each county of England over the, well, over the last century. And Hertfordshire had the largest number of species that have been lost. Now, that's pretty bad. But in fact, since that, that came out, we've actually about five or six of them have actually come back into the county. And um, some of them, like the small blue, seem to be spreading. And, you know, that's, that's not the most common butterfly in the country. So that's good news. Well, that's good to hear that even for some of those threatened species, that actually there is some good news in Hertfordshire. And are there any butterflies that are doing particularly well in Hertfordshire at the minute? Yes. I mean, the species like the marbled white has spread across the whole county in the last 20 years or so. It was always fairly common in the west of the county along the Chilterns, but it has now spread right across. It's actually a common summer butterfly, lovely black and white um, butterfly, spends a lot of time feeding on flowers, tends to group together. So if you see one, the chances are you might see 20. And that has, that, that has done particularly well over the last few years. Well, it has to be said that in Hartwood, we see a lot of marbled white butterflies there. So they do seem to be doing well around St Albans. So you've spoken about the weather. Obviously, that can pose a problem for butterflies. What do you see as the main threats to butterflies in Hertfordshire? I think it's two things. It's uh, agricultural practice. So we, we seem to have got to the end of hedges being ripped out these days. But there's still a lot of uh, high input farming goes on, big arable fields, high use of pesticides, herbicides, fertilisers. And that tends to create a monoculture which doesn't suit butterflies. And the other thing is just the general pressure, especially in a county bordering on London with an increasing population just on land being needed for housing um, and obviously industrial develop, industrial develops commercial business parks, that sort of thing, which obviously tends to beginning to eat into the greener spaces. 
Well, there's obviously some serious threats to butterflies there. So just thinking about how we might help butterflies in Hertfordshire. Now, obviously, you need lots of data in order to keep this record going. We encourage people to join in with the big butterfly count. Do you need more recorders? Right. Yeah, we always need need more butterfly recorders, the more the merrier. Uh, I mean, just if you're out and about, if you've got a smartphone and you're happy to use an app, like, as I mentioned, I record or I record butterflies, just whack the details in there of the butterflies that you see or just make a note if you if you don't want to do that and just send them to me. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to receive records in any form. Obviously, you know, I'm going to look at them and make sure that they, they sound reasonable. But um, really, any, anyone can record butterflies. Obviously, you've got to be able to identify what you see. Um, so the more, the merrier. And we could be starting that right now, couldn't we? I've seen the odd butterfly out. Are there any butterflies particular now that you'd like us to be spotting? Absolutely, yes. Mid-March is usually when the butterflies that hibernate over the winter as adults start flying. So we've got the brimstone, the red admiral, the comma, the small tortoiseshell and the peacock. They're all, I've seen all of those flying today. And we'll begin to see as the month goes on, especially if it stays warm and sunny, Butterflies like the holly blue, the orange tip, the speckled wood, the small white will all start flying as well by the beginning of April. So we can be getting it started on that. And how about in our gardens? Because butterflies aren't like bees. They're a bit more complicated because you need to have food for the caterpillars to eat as well as food for the butterflies to eat. So any tips for how we can make our gardens particularly butterfly friendly? Yes. I mean, in, in terms of providing food for the adults, so that's nectar in the case of the butterflies that come in the garden. Flowers which have big open open heads rather than ones that have deep uh, double double flowers, so sort of daisy type flowers, knapweeds, um, things like that are the flowers that most appeal to butterflies. Um, herbs as well, so you've got the jewel thing, you're growing oregano, marjoram, things like that. They, butterflies love those and obviously we love them as well. Um, it's not so easy with food plants because a lot of them have very specific food plants. Obviously, in a garden, if you're if you're a vegetable gardener, the large white, the small white will be attracted to your uh, cauliflowers and cabbages and Brussels sprouts and so on. Uh, the orange tips will use plants like honesty and rocket, which are quite easy to grow in the garden. But quite a lot of species tend to use grass, long grasses to, to lay their eggs and for the butterfly caterpillars to eat. And if you're prepared to let a bit of your garden become a meadow, then you, know, you may well attract those. But there are some that feed on tree leaves or on very special, specialist plants and so on. And ones that feed on nettles, to be honest, a little few nettles left in the garden isn't going to attract them particularly because they need large stands in, sun, in the sunlit areas. And probably people don't want to allow that in their garden. I think you're probably right about that. And there's quite a lot of nettles growing in the wider landscape. I think I'd rather grow some some honesty and some rocket in my garden instead. Thank you so much. You've given us lots to be working with there. And it's been fascinating hearing about this important report. Thank you very much, Amanda. Thank you. I was talking there to Andrew Wood of Hertfordshire and Middlesex Butterfly Conservation. And Andrew shared with me that Hartwood is now regarded as the second best place for butterflies in Hertfordshire, second only to the wonderful Albury Noahs over near Ashridge. I thought that was rather good news.
Now, just to remind you of those apps that Andrew mentioned, there's iRecord Butterflies, which was developed in partnership with Butterfly Conservation and doesn't just allow you to report your butterfly sightings, but also helps you to identify the butterfly you've seen too. And then there's the iRecord app, which allows you to get involved with the biological recording of all UK species. And do take a look at the Hertfordshire and Middlesex page of the Butterfly Conservation website, where, amongst other things, you'll find pictures of the butterfly to spot right now and I'll put a link to that website in the notes that accompany the podcasts of this show which can be found on the podcast page of radioverulam.com and if you'd like to find out more about what to grow in your garden for many different types of butterflies and their caterpillars then go to the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust website under the actions tab I'll pop a link to that in the notes that go with the podcast too and whilst nettles do look popular with caterpillars there's lots more garden worthy species to choose from like holly and cuckoo flower and nasturtiums as well and if you've got something that you'd like me to cover on environment matters you can email amanda at radioverulam.com you can get in touch via the environment matters facebook page or via twitter i'm on at rv underscore environment i'll be back at the same time next week but until then thank you for listening